So we've been looking at Exodus 34, verses 6 and 7, and what we've said is that this passage is a, it's a huge passage in the Bible because it's the one and only place where God describes himself to a man. This is the, the only place in the Bible where God says, this is what I am like. And because of that, it's become the most quoted verse in the Bible by the Bible. So over and over again, the biblical authors circle back to this verse, quoting it, alluding to it, uh, referencing it over and over and over again. It's just that important. It's just that foundational to know what God is like. Because your image of God shapes you. Your your image of God is so crucial. And, you know, if you view God as cruel, then you might be cruel. You might end up being cruel. If you view God as temperamental and flying off the handle, you might be that way. Your image of God shapes you, and so often our image of God is wrong. Uh, I think about the movie Bruce Almighty. Anybody see uh, Bruce Almighty? You remember there's that scene in the movie where Bruce, he goes out by the ocean and he's frustrated, you know, like God didn't give him something that he wanted or something like that. And so he looks up to heaven and he shakes his fists and he says, Smite me, God, smite me, oh mighty smiter. <laughs> Which is how he views God. God is the, oh, the almighty smiter, you know, up there ready to uh, fly off the handle. So how do you view God? Is your view of God correct? Because it's going to shape you. It's going to mold you. And what we have here in Exodus 34 is, a, is line by line uh, descriptions from God himself of what he is like. We've been going one by one. And so uh, last week we saw that the God of the Bible is compassionate and gracious. We learned all about what that means. And uh, this week we're going to learn that the God of the Bible is also slow to anger. Can we all say that together? slow to anger. That's right. The God of the Bible, this is the way he describes himself. He says, I am a God who is slow to anger. And like I said, this this will shape you. Your view of God will shape you. And so I want to begin this morning by asking the question about us. Are, Are you a person who is slow to anger? Are you a person who's slow to anger? This past week I was, uh, I got home from work, and one of my kids was uh, angry. He was flying off the handle. He had uh, just disproportionate anger. It was way disproportionate to the cause, just going crazy and, and kicking things, kicking furniture, just flying off the handle. And when I got home and I saw my little, my little boy doing this, you know, I should have been a wise dad. I should have, you know, uh, diffused the anger, but I, I went in there and I upped the volume. I was angry because he was angry. I was angry at his anger. And I, I just went in there and I just laid into him. And I'm sure my, my veins were popping and my eyes were bulging. And, and my little boy, I could see the fear in his eye. And, you know, I thought I was a pretty mellow person until I became a parent. <laughs> Anybody else with me there? That's when your life really goes into the toilet, you know. <laughs> you kind of realize what you're really like. So how are you doing with anger How are you doing with anger? I did an anger audit this week. Uh, If you want to feel good about yourself, don't do that. Uh, You know, so like I said, I I got angry at my kids, got angry at my kids, flew off the handle there. I found myself getting angry at the garbage disposal So our disposal wasn't working. I'm mechanically uh, disinclined. And so I just, at one point, I just started banging on the thing. I got angry at the Suddenlink agent on the telephone. Our internet's not working. They were not helpful. I got angry. What about you? Are you an angry person? Are you slow to anger or do you fly off the handle? 
Because there's two types of anger. And like, there's the anger that just kind of explodes like a volcano. It just erupts and it goes out on everybody. Words are flying like weapons. There's that sort of anger. But then there's another anger that might, might be a little bit harder to detect. It's under the surface. It seethes. It broods. It's the anger of the frustrated idealist. Right? Life is just not right. People are just not right. And so you're angry. And this is a sort of anger that sort of, it's an abiding anger and it stays with you. Sort of like the Incredible Hulk. You remember that famous line, you know, where the Incredible Hulk says, my secret is I don't get angry, I'm always angry. Maybe that's you. You know, you've got sort of this under-the-surface rage, just ready to explode like a volcano. It's abiding and it's, and it's there almost all the time. Are you an angry person? It's an important question to ask because anger is dangerous. Anger is, it's, it's the poison of the soul. It's, it's, it's something that if you let it go, it will erode your personality. It will erode you. It will destroy you. Uh, anger uh, will destroy your body, first and foremost. You think about, there's all sorts of uh, research uh, that shows that anger is far more dangerous to your body than anxiety, than sorrow, than any other emotion. There is nothing that sets you up for heart disease, nothing that sets you up for a heart attack, nothing that rots your bones and your body like anger. Destroys your body. Anger also destroys your relationships. It erodes community. And so uh, spouses, parents and children, uh, coworkers, so often your relationships are fractured and they disintegrate because you're an angry person. Right, you can't, you're, it's controlling you and, and you can't help yourself, but when somebody gets close to you, your, your anger explodes and they, leaves, and, they, and they leave. Anger destroys community. Anger uh, causes you to do irrational and foolish things, doesn't it? You know, when you get angry, rational judgment flies out the window and you end up just doing, making really dumb decisions. You ever been there? Uh, you know, you get angry, and after you cool down and it's all over, you feel like a fool because of what you've done. You want to know why you feel that way? Why do you feel like a fool? Because you were a fool. <laughs> That's the problem. You know, you're angry, and rational judgment flies off the window. You end up doing very stupid things, hurting people, damaging relationships. And here's the thing. When you're angry and you don't deal with it, your anger just grows, Right? If you don't learn to deal with your anger, it's going to grow. If you let it go, it grows. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it's literally controlling your life. There's a little article I read in Psychology Today where uh, it says this. Dear counselor, you told a mother with a three-year-old with anger problems to let him kick the furniture to let the anger out of his system. Well, my brother used to kick the furniture when he got mad. He's 32 years old now. He's still kicking the furniture what's left of it. He's also kicking his wife, the kids, and anything else that gets in his way. Last week, he kicked a television out of a second-story window. The window was closed at the time. Right, and so if you let your anger go, it's gonna grow. If you don't deal with your anger, it gets out of hand, and it becomes something that erodes your life and controls your behavior. From the Bible's perspective, uh, anger is the root of all kinds of violent behavior. And so roots become shoots, uh, become trees, become forests, and anger grows like this. The seed of violence begins with anger. And so it's so destructive, and and it grows in our lives, and it erodes us. And so the question is, what do we do about our anger? How do we deal with it then? How do we deal with it? 
And one of the best ways to deal with anger is to look at the way God deals with anger. And so we're looking at the attributes of God here. Remember, this is the, uh, the only place in the Bible where God describes himself to a man. And one of the things he says about himself is that he is slow to anger. One of the best things you can do to get a hold on your anger, to handle your anger, is look at the way God deals with his own anger. And what's so interesting about this is that, you know, God is, this is the way a lot of us view anger. You know, anger is a scary emotion, right? It's so powerful. A lot of us are afraid of it. And so what we do when, we, when, a, when anger comes on us, we stuff it, we ignore it, we pretend it's not there, we push it under the rug. Many of you, your family of origin, you grew up in a family where it was not okay to express any anger, right? It was one of those taboos, and you just, if it, if it was there, you just pretended like it wasn't there. But notice, this is not the way God deals with anger. Notice, for God, it's not, it's not that he ignores his anger. He doesn't blow up in anger. He, it says that he is slow to anger. And I love the way uh, Tim Keller describes this. He says that the ideal when it comes to anger is not no anger, it's not blow anger, but it's slow anger. Right? You're, you're made in the image of God. And so uh, the emotion of anger is not in and of itself evil, right? There, there is an appropriate anger. There's a correct sort of anger. And what God says is he, it's not that he never gets angry. It's not that anger's not ever there with God. It's just that, that he's slow about it. What does it mean that God is slow to anger? Because this is going to help us with our anger. And uh, that's what I want to do this morning is I want to look at what it means for God <clears throat> excuse me, to be slow to anger. Now, usually when I uh, look at a, a Bible passage, there are several, you know, verses there, and I divide it up into an outline, but this is only three words, slow to anger. And so here's how we're going to break it up. First, we're going to look at how God is slow to anger, slow to anger, and then we're going to look at how God is slow to anger, okay? So we're going to break it up that way. God is slow to anger, and then we're going to look at how God is slow to anger. So first, let's look at God is slow to anger here. It says, uh, God says in, in uh, Exodus 34, 6 and 7, <clears throat> God, I'm a God who is uh, compassionate and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. God says that he is slow to anger. What does that mean? Well, the word slow to anger uh, literally means long of nostrils in the Hebrew. This is the literal translation of the Hebrew uh, adjective here. God is slow or uh, long of nostrils. In, in Hebrew, the word for anger is nostrils, and it's not hard to get a picture of that. When somebody's anger, angry, their nostrils flare, right? Veins pop out, big, big eyes, nostrils are flaring. And God says that he is long of nostrils. And what does that mean? That means that before God gets angry, he breathes, right? So what do, what do you do when you breathe through your nose? You you shut your mouth, you purse your lips, and you... This is how God's anger is. God is slow to get angry. Before he gets angry, he breathes. And actually, what's interesting is many parenting books, this is some advice, right? You know, you read a parenting book, and it says, before you get angry at the kids, cool down, breathe. And God says that I am slow to anger. I don't just blow up in anger. My anger is thoughtful and I'm slow about it. Long of nostrils. The, uh, 
description of this in an Aramaic Targum is so vivid. And so the Aramaic Targums, these are, so the, the, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, but when the people of Israel were in exile, they, uh, many of them lost the, the Hebrew language. And in one place, they were all speaking Aramaic, and so the rabbis translated the, the Old Testament Hebrew scriptures into Aramaic, and these were called the Targums. And uh, the Targums were interesting. They were kind of uh, very creative and colorful uh, translations of the Bible, and they even added some descriptions on there, sort of like the Message Bible, if you've read that. But here's, uh, in one of the Targums, this is how that verse reads. It says, O Lord, O Lord, gracious and merciful, a God patient, patience is, patient is the way they describe, the Targum describes God's slow to anger. And then it says, the one who makes anger distant and brings compassion near. I love that description. So who is God? God's compassion is near. God's compassion is right there, as close to you as your skin. But his anger is far away. In other words, you can make God angry, but you've got to work really hard at it. God is slow to anger. And in the Proverbs, Proverbs 14, for example, uh, this is the way a wise person is described. And so uh, Proverbs 14 says, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. And then uh, Proverbs 16 says, whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. And so uh, a wise person is slow to anger. God is wise. And in these passages, slow to anger is equated with self-control, right? Somebody who is slow to anger knows how to control that emotion. They don't just let it out. They know how to they know how to diffuse it at just the right moment with just the right appropriate amounts. The way I like to think about it is like with a water hose. You know, you have a water hose, and what do you put on that? You put a little nozzle on there that has settings, right? You've had one of those, and you could, you know, put it on different uh, settings that disperse the water in different volumes, and you don't water delicate tropical flowers with that thing set on jet mode. What do you do? You put the mister on. And this is God's anger. It's, it comes out at just the right amount. It's never uh, disproportionate to the cause. And because of that, it is always right. It is always righteous. God is slow to anger. His anger is always fitting. Whenever I think about this, I think about my grandmother. And my grandmother, uh, she died 15 years ago, and... Uh, the one thing that I remember about her is her anger. And my grandma was this sweet, kind lady, about five foot tall and five feet wide. She was just really beautiful, sweet old lady, so kind. The only thing I remember about her is her anger because I only experienced it one time. She was always kind. And so there was one time where my brothers and I were out in the street, we were playing out there and cars were going by and she came out and she said, don't play in the street. If you do, grandmother's gonna get angry. She told us, like, I'm going to get angry. That's how con in control she was. And so she went inside the house, and we, of course, like, what, what, you know, kids that we were, we went out, played in the street, and Grandma came out, and she was angry. She was very measured about it, and she put us in, in the bedroom. And it was just so appropriate. It was so right. It was so fitting. She was slow to anger. Another example of this is in Jonah. Remember the book of Jonah? Jonah is mad at God. Why? It's because God is, he's too slow to get angry. Jonah wants God to smite the Ninevites. 
right? You can't trust this God to smite your enemies. You know, he wants God to blow up, but God won't. God is compassionate, and he's long-suffering. That's another word for slow to anger. And he waits, and he waits, and he waits until the Ninevites repent. And then he shows compassion. So God's anger is slow, long of nostrils. He breathes before he gets angry. But notice God is not only slow to anger, God is slow to anger. What does this mean? This means that God does get angry. There are occasions when the God of the Bible gets mad. His fuse runs out. And it gets to the point where enough is enough and you do see God's wrath. In fact, in the Bible, 600 times we see the word wrath in the Old and New Testament. See, this is the Bible's word for God's measured anger. And so uh, we do see that the God of the Bible does get angry. Uh, you know, when, when people, when he does, when he sees injustice, when people won't repent, when there's, when there's violence and, and uh, unrighteousness happening, there is a point where the God of the Bible displays righteous indignation. He does get angry. Now, now people, a lot of people don't like this. They say, look, I believe in a God of love, not a God of anger. I believe in a God of compassion. Not, I don't like a God who gets mad. I don't like that. I believe in a God of love. But here's what I want you to see, that the reason why God is angry, that God's anger is always appropriate because God's anger is always motivated by love. In fact, God is angry because God is a God of love. If God was never angry at anybody or anything, he wouldn't be a, pers- a God of love. Because anger, as Tim Keller says, is love in motion. Anger, righteous anger, the, the original unpure, or a purified, you know, right form of anger, always comes out when someone or something you love is threatened. And this is how Becky Pippert puts it. She puts it. She says, think how we feel when we see someone we love ravaged by unwise actions or relationships. Do we respond with benign tolerance as we might towards strangers? Far from it. Anger isn't the opposite of love. Hate is. And the final form of hate is indifference. The more a father loves his son, the more he is angry at the drunkard, the liar, the traitor, and the son. And if I, a flawed, self-centered woman, can feel this much pain and anger over someone's condition, how much more a morally perfect God who made them? Anger is love and motion, at least the right kind of anger. And God is angry because he's a God of love. He loves his creation. When he sees it ravaged by violence and injustice and brutality, God gets angry. Uh, John Chrysostom puts it this way. He says, he that is angry without cause sins, but he that is not angry when there is cause sins, for unreasonable patience is the hotbed of many vices. Right, so the opposite of love is indifference. If you never get angry, if you never get mad at anybody or anything, if you're indifferent all the time, then I would argue that maybe you're not a person of love because because anger is love and motion. Whenever someone we love is threatened by something evil, we're angry. And this reminds me of my wife, Anita. Sorry, Anita, I didn't, but it's gonna be okay. (laughs) Uh, Her mom uh, is Latin American ancestry and uh, has a heavy accent, Spanish, and uh, there was one time she was in the grocery store 
And when she got up to the counter, she was speaking, you know, with her accent, and the woman at the counter began to speak down to Anita's mom. She started to speak to her like she was a child. And Anita, who is generally very, very slow to anger, very patient, I know, because I make her, you know, I'm the source, I should be a source of a lot of anger. But anyway, (laughs) she became a raging bull there in the grocery store. She was angry. Why? Because she was defending her mother. Anger, it always comes out when you are defending someone you love. Somebody you love is threatened, and so you get angry. And this is God's anger. It is always the result of, of love. And think about Jesus. Uh, Jesus, who the Bible continually calls perfect. Uh, Jesus, who is the man, who is a, a man of, of perfect love. Whenever you, when, when you look through the New Testament, you see that Jesus is always getting angry. So for example, uh, Jesus is angry at the money changers in the temple. John 2, he gets the whip, and he's angry at people being ripped off in the temple. He's angry at the religious leaders, Mark 3. He's angry at the tomb of Lazarus, uh, John 11. Uh, And the Greek word describing Jesus' anger is so strong, it's so emotionally strong. He bellows with anger. He snorts with anger. And why? Why does Jesus do this? Because he is a man of love. He's a man of perfect love, of pure love. Here's how John Stott describes God's wrath or even Jesus' wrath. God's wrath or his anger is the settled, steady, unremitting, unrelenting, uncompromising antagonism to evil in all of its forms and manifestations. God's love and God's anger can coexist. Now, Nahum uh, is, is a great example of this. And so you remember uh, God was slow to anger with the Ninevites, Jonah, Well, the Ninevites repented, but their repentance was short-lived, and they went back to their violence and brutality. And in the book of Nahum, God's fuse finally runs out. And look what you've got here. He quotes Exodus 34, describing about how God gets angry. And Nahum 1, uh, 2 says this, The Lord is jealous, uh, jealous and avenging God. The Lord is avenging and wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance on his adversaries and keeps wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger, but great in power. And the Lord will by no means clear the guilty. So God's wrath, his, his, his settled opposition to evil is a reality. You can make God angry, but you've got to work really hard at it. (laughs) But there comes a point where God says enough is enough. No more injustice. He will not be indifferent. This is God's anger. Well, let's go back and let's, let's ask the question, how does God, we've looked at God's anger, we've seen that he is slow to anger, but let's ask the question, how does this affect our own anger? How can, how can God, this attribute of God of being slow to anger, how could we work this into our own lives? Because we need to be slow, slow to anger too. And, you know, I want to I ask some questions here. How, how, how can we work God's uh, slow to angerness into our own lives? Well, let's first begin by, by kind of asking the question, do you ever get angry? 
If you're somebody who never, ever, 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 ever gets angry, maybe you're a little too indifferent. You are made in the image of God, and there is a place for righteous anger. And maybe you need to care a little bit more. But maybe you're somebody who, this is, you, you're, you're angered too much like me. And maybe it's under the surface or maybe it's over the top. What do you do then? What do you do when, you're, when your anger is disproportionate to the cause? How do you become slow to angry? anger? I want, I want to suggest that you need to ask a series of questions. And, and here's the first one. First, you need to ask the question, do I understand the situation that I'm angry at? Do I understand the person and the situation that's making me so angry? Remember, when, to be slow to anger, you stop and you breathe. And what do you do when you're breathing? You ask yourself the question, do I really understand the situation? Because a lot of times we can, we can, we can be quick to, to anger because we don't understand the situation. There's a story about a pastor, and it's not me, it's Lucas. No, it's not Lucas, it's somebody else. We don't know this person. But there was somebody in his congregation that was angry at the pastor because one day the pastor on the way to the bathroom, uh, he was walking in and she said, hi pastor, and he looked at her and scowled and went into the bathroom. And so she was so offended by this that for years she was just carried a grudge and was angry with the pastor. This went on you know, for a long, long time and then finally she wanted to settle the scores and she wanted to get her life right and so she came to the pastor and said, look, you know, for years I've been angry. I've had this grudge and I've been mad at you. And she said, I have to apologize. And he says, well, why were you so mad? And she said, well, you know, there was this one day where you were on your way to the bathroom and I said hi and you scowled at me and you walked into the bathroom. And he said, I, I, man, I can't remember that. And then finally he remembered what happened. He was in the service waiting to preach and his, he had the stomach flu. And so he was walking very quickly to the bathroom out of the sanctuary to the restroom and she said hi, and he looked, and he, he said, I guess I scowled, but I just needed to throw up, <laughs> honestly. You see, she was so angry because she didn't, she, had a, she didn't have a clear picture of the situation. And she needed to ask some questions and learn a little bit. And so that's the first question. Do you understand the situation? Maybe there's, you don't have a good reason for being angry. I love at the very end of Jonah, God looks at the man Jonah and said, is it right for you to be angry? Maybe it's not right for you to be angry. Maybe you're angry without cause and you need to ask some questions and understand the situation and listen a little bit more. James 1 says, be slow to speak, quick to listen, and slow to get angry. You listen and you understand before you get angry. And you get into somebody else's shoes. Sometimes, maybe you're driving down the street on Harrison right in front of Walmart and somebody cuts you off. That sounded very autobiographical, didn't it? <laughs> somebody cuts you off and you're livid and you're mad. You don't know, maybe they, they've got cre- screaming kids in the back seat. Maybe they've got to get somewhere really fast. You don't know. Put yourself in somebody else's shoes. Try to understand the situation before you get angry. This is what a wise person does. And so you ask, do I understand the person? Do I understand the situation correctly? And then also you can ask, do do I understand my anger? Here's a really good question when you're angry. You ask yourself, why am I so angry? What's at the root of my anger? Right, pay attention to when you blow up. Pay attention to when your anger gets out of control because your anger is a warning sign. Your anger tells you so much about what's going on underneath. 
Because what is anger? Anger is love in motion, right? That's what it is. And if your anger is disordered, it's a sign that maybe your loves are disordered. There's something going on in your heart that's not right. And when, you're good, get, when you get angry, you need to look underneath the anger and ask yourself the question, why am I angry? What do I love so much? What big thing do I love so much that I'm so angry about it? And oftentimes, if you ask that question, you'll find out that that big thing that you love so much that making, that's making you so angry is your ego. You love you so much. Or maybe it's money. Maybe you look at your, whenever money comes up, you're angry about it, and you're angry about money all the time. Maybe you love money a little bit too much. When I think about my son in the kitchen, when I, was, when I kind of exploded in uh, disproportionate anger there, I began to ask myself the question, why was I so angry? And I found out that, you know, mostly it was because I love comfort. I got home from work, I was tired, I wanted to sit on the couch and be comfortable, and my son was standing in between me and my comfort, so I got angry. It's kind of also my reputation, right? In fact, when I was yelling at him, my first thought was, who heard that? Who heard that? Did the next door neighbor hear that? Hopefully not, right? Maybe you're defending your reputation. That's becomes too important to you. You know, you, when you, a car, they have these warning lights, you know, check engine. You don't ignore that. Why is that there? There's something going on underneath the hood. And whenever you get angry, it's a warning sign. What do you love so much? What big thing are you defending? And maybe it's a disproportionate love. Something that is good has become ultimate, and you're mad because it's threatened. Money, comfort, approval. But then finally, uh, Another way that we can become slow to anger is by experiencing the way God is slow to anger towards us. Now, here's the thing. The more you know God, the more his character rubs off on you. You know what I mean? You know, just like a father and a son, I yell at my son because he's angry, and he gets angry because I'm angry. My character rubs off on him. I've seen it. And the more you spend time with God, the more you become like God. And he is slow to anger, and the more you experience that and come to know that in a real, personal, visceral way, that begins to rub off, rub off on you. You know, if you view God as the almighty smiter, temperamental, ready to zap you, It's no wonder you're an angry person, but if you get to know the God who is slow to anger, then you become slow to anger. God's slow to angerness is revealed in Jesus. God doesn't just zap us. Of course he could have. But he deliberately sends his son into the world to live the life that we should have lived. And on the cross, you know, as people were yelling at him and making fun of them. He said, Father, forgive them, absorbing the anger, absorbing our sin, getting into our shoes, understanding, carrying all of our brokenness. And the more you get to know that God, the God revealed in Jesus, he rubs off on you. 
and you become slow to anger. And so let's, let's pray. Let's, can we stand and pray? And let's pray that God works this character into our lives. There are so many people probably in this room that are angry, and maybe it's the under-the-surface kind, uh, frustrated idealist, angry, bitter people that, that have hurt you, and yet God is up there slow to anger. And he's saying, I, I, want, I want to bring you in. I want you to get to know me. I want, you to, I want you to know that I am slow to anger towards you, and I want this to rub off. Let's pray that it does. Father, we, we thank you that you are a God slow to anger. God, your anger is always appropriate. It's always measured. It is always the settled opposition to that which is evil. And God, you, your anger only shows up uh, when, some, when we, your loved ones, are threatened by evil. And so, uh, God, we thank you for that. We thank you that you are a God who cares about us like that. And we pray that you would help us to be people that know how to be wise, that know how to be slow to anger, that we would take a breath and try to understand before we explode. God, give us the power of the Holy Spirit. Give us the ability to be like you in this way. God, so the people around us, our coworkers, our friends, our family, our children, uh, would, would see you in us. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.